Interesting. I'm oh, reading yeah. here now um, about James Dean, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, Jim Backus, who played Dean's oh, yeah. father in Rebel Without a Cause, Jimmy would never have come out of the closet. No, he was far too ambitious. This I read a lot. Insiders yeah. expected Rock and Jimmy to possibly become amorous behind the scenes. They didn't hit it off. Rock felt Jimmy was surly and unprofessional. Jimmy felt Rock was old-fashioned and coasting on his look. I love them both, but Jimmy could have been more polite to Rock than he was. That's Elizabeth Taylor Taylor on her giant um, co-stars. Well, that's just it. Remember that in Hollywood, you have all this ego and ambition. So here they are making Giant, the movie in Texas, and you right. have Rock Hudson and James Dean, both gay. Uh, James Dean may have been bisexual, but anyway, certainly was also gay. Uh, and people expected, oh, is that going to be some affair? No, they couldn't stand each other because the rivalry. Isn't that funny, plus, though? It, people plus, just assume. It must be, yeah, they assume, but also James Dean was apparently, according to almost everyone who knew him, very surly, very rude, and uh, a very impatient guy. And true, um, he he did admit, for example, there's a quote inside the Hollywood closet about, uh, he said that he had been filleted by five of the top names in Hollywood, yes. and he was referring to males, mm-hmm. uh, but he wouldn't, as Jim Backus said, who is best known for Gilgan's Island, of course, Thurston Hall III, uh, no, he would not have come out because he was very ambitious. Well, you can't blame him, you know, no, why would he? And certainly not at that time, no, of course not. But even Rock Hudson, just a year or two before it was revealed to the world that he had AIDS and therefore was gay, even though... 70 to 75 percent of all the people in the world today who have AIDS are heterosexual. But at that time, you know, it was thought of as a gay disease. Right. Uh, no, Abraham Hudson would not have come out even if he had been 85. Instead of, uh, he died at 59. Oh, he, but, yes, uh, that was so horrible. Yeah, no. I'll never forget, yeah. like, I see the clips of him with Doris Day. Oh, yeah. And that was his, I think, his last time he was seen. His and, public appearance. Oh, yeah. my. And then I remember the huge brouhaha that he kissed Linda Evans on Dynasty. On Dynasty and it was yes. this huge thing. As though it could be transmitted that way, you but know. They didn't know. And they were like, it was like no, cootie central. It. It's sort of like the coronavirus, nobody knows. And with this one yeah. as well, people just didn't know. And they're afraid, you know, you just touch somebody or that, whatever. It was, yeah, exactly, exactly. And the media doesn't in general help in terms no, of they trying don't. to grab the ratings by dramatizing and even alarming people instead of just stating... Well, for example, with the regular flu before all this coronavirus, some 30,000 Americans die every year from the regular flu. And that's why, and even now more so, it's important to get your flu shot just in case. I mean, it is, um, you know, not 100% foolproof, but why not have that uh, extra insurance, especially now that we're undergoing this other virus? Because the flu, of course, is a virus. Of course. And this yeah, is like, like a, that's HIV. why they're afraid it's a double whammy virus. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. also um, a very – I read this book, and it's a hairdresser. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Sidney – Oh, Gileroff. Yes. Sidney Gileroff. And yeah. he did not come oh, out yeah. at all. He <laughs> said he almost married Ava Gardner. I mean, she almost spit and, out And he had an affair with Garbo, supposedly. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he adopted a grown man. Mm-hmm. Correct. Adopted. Well, that's one verb. Right. Okay. So that's what we're saying so that he could be in his family, whatever. But why in the world wouldn't he come out at that point? Why did he have to make well, up those again, stories? Again, this was shame, you know. Oh, yeah, he was an older, self-hatred. yeah, 30s. He, he was that much older. He was an old man when his book came out. I remember because there was a book launch party in Beverly Hills. Nancy Reagan was there. Mm-hmm. And the... And the introduction to it was written by Angela Lansbury, whose first of two husbands was gay, as yes. she eventually admitted. Yeah. Uh, but the thing with Sidney Gileroff, the publicity for his book was he's coming out in the book, he's admitting all kinds of things. You know what he came out as? As being Jewish. Big deal. Right. I, I mean, mean, I just. Know, we did, and we thought he was Chinese. Well, the thing is with him, uh, yes, he had various male lovers, younger than he, who then he claimed, oh, it's my adopted son or my adopted grandson. And then claiming after they were dead that he had affairs with Garbo, who was basically lesbian and never married, and with Ava Gardner, who was heterosexual. Uh, and he was a hairdresser. And yeah. that's the biggest irony. But for example, I know I know through a friend, a hairdresser who moved back from L.A. to Mississippi, and and he is so closeted. And, and friends have said, if he's that closeted or ashamed of it, why is he a hairdresser? Well, I not mean, all hairdressers are gay. No, not at all. But it is the most stereotyped profession. Right. That, One of them, and yes. maybe interior decorator, that yes. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, why be so, in, you know, but again, in the case of Sidney Gileroff, who was the number one hairdresser in Hollywood history, yes. for sure, and who certainly should have gotten an Oscar for it at some point, but there was no such category. Um, yeah, there should have finally, been. There really should, because that's a big part of the movies is the women's hair. <laughs> Not for the guys. We don't have to be concerned, but for the women, a lot of them, it takes hours, yes. literally. In that chair with not just their own hair, but all these additional pieces. And That's so why on. so many of the women lost a lot of their hair later on, you know? Yes. yeah. You know, Margaret Dumont of the Marx Brothers. Yes. Apparently she was bald as a cue ball. Even in the 30s? And she always wore wigs. Well, I, I, yes, because by then she was, you know, at least middle-aged. Also, by the time of the classic Marx Brothers movies. Yeah. Debbie Reynolds. And then some of them. Yeah, Debbie Reynolds also, because so much of the bleaching of the hair as well. Yes, it's and a killer, the, yeah. And the eyebrow thing, Lana Turner, she plucked her eyebrows so many times that eventually they didn't grow back, and she had to forevermore pencil them yeah. in. Of course, nowadays they can be tattooed on and look quite natural. Yeah, they've come a and long I, way, baby, as far that, as that stuff. Right, and but the only thing is, it is permanent, so they better do a good job. And apparently, that's what Michael Jackson was trying to do with his eyebrows. Wow. Now he's mm-hmm. in inside the Hollywood closet too. Yes, very fascinating. A, lots of people talking about him and all the contradictions, including the Colonel, who was the manager of Elvis Presley, who and he way outlived um, Elvis because 
even though he was older, you know. Uh, and he said that Elvis would just turn over in his grave if he knew what Lisa Marie had done in, quote-unquote, marrying Michael Jackson. And she was there to save his skin. I'll never forget that kiss they did on the stage. And I was like, <laughs> that poor woman. You know, you, <laughs> you're not going to win an Emmy or an Academy Award, Michael, or... <laughs> Really? You're not convincing or with Liza me. Minnelli, with, yeah. with that Michael Guest. I guess it's pronounced Guest, not Jest, yes. although he was quite a mm-hmm. jester. Uh, but again, now here's the media for you again. It ties in with what I said about history, like ancient history. Somebody like Catherine Hepburn or uh, Cary Grant, who are very admired to this day, mm-hmm. uh, are closeted much longer than someone who isn't popular. The Wall Street Journal, which is certainly not a liberal newspaper, outed David Guest, the final, the fourth and final husband of Liza Minnelli during his lifetime. He died a few years ago, but they outed him because he wasn't generally liked. No, he wasn't. And he, he just was Mr. Rumor guy and Mr. Right. And he wanted he wanted the attention. He was attention yeah. hungry. He was, and again, he was an opportunity. And he was tied in with Michael Jackson. They worked very closely together. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> reading pair. this one. I I love David Selby and he do you know who he is? He's the cutest thing ever, my little David. Anyway. Yeah, he's a regular on the show. He comes on a lot. He's my pal. Are you mm-hmm. yes, he is flirtatious. He is so cute, you'd love him. Anyway, really? I'm reading this here. The rumor is that Jonathan Frid, this is of your new book, who played Barnabas Collins on Dark Shadows, was paid not to come out of the closet. A generous annual stipend, allegedly from Dan Curtis, the show's creator and producer, Barnabas a Vampire, was a romantic sex symbol. He was in his 40s. What a riot. Fritz coming out would have hurt sales of the DVDs and other Dark Shadows merchandise fans still buy. But I do not buy for a moment that Jonathan Fritz would have come out of the closet. I don't think he was. You know, I don't know who's saying that. Apparently, the creator-producer of Dark Shadows did uh, was generous with him about money, and the, the rumor arose that it's partly keeping him in the closet. But you're right. Jonathan Frid, who was one of umpteen gay male actors on Dark Shadows... Yes, they said that was one of the out. biggest um, gay yeah. actor place. Def- definitely. Thing, yeah. it, it's showing here. I'm in San Francisco at the time. I, I'll be back in Beverly Hills later this month. But uh, it shows that... 2 a.m. at 2.30 a.m., Dark Shadows, and the other night there were four male actors and one actress. All four were gay, including Jonathan Frid as Barnabas. Hmm. Well, I know yeah. Roger, he was gay. Yes. <laughs> he, yeah. he later Lewis played uh, Langley Wallingford. One of them died of AIDS, Joel. Yes, Joel Crothers. Yes, yes. he was a really handsome guy. Oh, one. God, he was so cute. See, I started watching this three years ago because I couldn't go out. I had something in the summer, so I started watching it. And that's sure. when I fell in love with David. And um, the oh, woman, really? the woman, I'm wondering, because you do mention a woman from Charlie's Angels in something like oh, that. Yes. So it's the woman <laughs> I'm thinking about, right? Yes. Yes. And, uh-huh, yes. And she had a connection with Dark Shadows. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once in a bl- blue moon, you'll have an actress. And, of course, to be a star actress, they basically have to be quite attractive, not necessarily sexy, voluptuous, but very attractive. And you will have a few women like Garbo or Catherine Hepburn who will not do cheesecake 
which in those days was absolutely required, or have their hair dyed blonde like everyone from Betty Davis and on. You well, know, Betty looked terrible. She was so not yeah. cheesecake, and she looked horrible as that bleach blonde. It was so unnatural yes. for her. That's the thing. And uh, so this actress from Charlie's Angels was the one who declined to be photographed continually in a bikini or a swimsuit at all. Um, so good for her. She stood up for herself. That way. And she didn't need to because that wasn't her image. No, it wasn't her image. And she was also a good no. actress. But, yes, yes. But she married quite a few times. Oh, yes. She married at least twice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think adopted, yes. Yes, she adopted a kid. She met Rosie O'Donnell, and, and she said, how ha- O'Donnell, I'm talking like Ronald McDonald, Rosie O'Donnell. And <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell told her, you want a kid? I got a kid for you. So she got a kid from Rosie O'Donnell. Really? Yes. Interesting. Very hmm. easily. Hmm. You know, another thing I'm I'm thinking of is like Elizabeth Scott, Elizabeth Scott. Oh, yeah. She was outed wow. in... Confidential right. in the 50s. In the 50s. That she was in a... Call, she was in a madam's... In a brothel in Paris, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Book. Well, now she is one of the very few, you know, some people are very much against outing to get very agitated. But as some people have said, outing is simply telling the truth. In other words, you don't say somebody heterosexual is gay. There's no point to that. But outing, like if Brock Hudson is gay and you say he's gay, well, that's a fact. And after he's gone, that's not going to hurt his career. And also, the other thing is that these public figures, you'll talk about their right to privacy. No, they are public figures. They earn, they can earn in one year more than the average person earns in a lifetime, you know, mega millions, enough to set up their kids and grandkids if they have them for their lifetimes. And they have a duty to the public because they are role models. And the absence of gay and lesbian role models is why uh, young gay people growing up will feel terrible about themselves and will so much more often than heterosexual ones kill themselves or try to or uh, unfortunately succeed at doing so to this very day. So uh, feeling sorry for them because I remember like with Jodie Foster, I went to a photo shop in Burbank which is not the most beautiful downtown, but anyway. Uh, and the uh, young woman uh, said, uh, I said, do you have any photos? And this was for an article I had done on Jodie Foster. And she said, no, but we have the book, but oh. And I said, what? And she said, well, her brother says she's lesbian. What a terrible thing to say. And I couldn't believe it. I felt like saying, well, what is terrible about it? It's what you're saying that is terrible. Right. I mean, it's just part of nature. Um but uh, fortunately, there is less and less of that as people speak up for themselves, because in the old days, when everyone was in the closet, it meant that whenever there was talk about gay people, it would always be by non-gay people and would always be negative and false. So just being out is, is the best thing that a gay person can be. But you have to Unless, say of course, those. they're a top male star. Exactly. You yeah. can't do it because people will not see you and, and it will plummet. Maybe there will be a day when that yeah, can happen. There, you know, and but, there will, but, but but they can at least not hide behind and use women as beards. Well, and they can at least most be vocally do. most do. Yeah, oh yeah, they do. They have but contracts, also, don't they? And they also have children with these women. Or yes, adopt children do. with these women, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's another thing that is made clear and inside the Hollywood closet. In the old days, all it took to convince the general public that someone wasn't gay was 
they married someone of the opposite sex. Right. Well, that that fortunately most people now realize means nothing. But when now it's about having children. Well, he has two children. Well, yes, but I mean, I know in Sacramento through a friend, a gay man who has five children. He's totally gay, and and he is the stereotype. In addition. Uh, you know, unlike most gay men. I mean, again, there is this thing called gaydar to some degree, but you would be amazed how many men you would never guess are gay. And and I'm not even talking about movie stars. Average men who, you know, like a truck driver or whatever. Oh, pl- and, yes. And, and it turns out not only he's gay, but um, without going into detail, he prefers to do what you wouldn't assume he would want to do. That kind of thing. Yeah. So it's just very hard to categorize. It is. I'm just reading in your, from your book about Clifton Webb. And this is what oh, yeah. Vincent Price said. Clifton Webb was a movie star despite not being the type. Closeted, yeah. even in private? I can't believe that. When I'd ask about his private life or who he was seeing, all he would talk about with his mother, Maybelle. They were lifelong right. roomies. Was he really in the closet? I can't even imagine that. Oh, very much. Well, the thing is, here's what happened. He was a Broadway star. He was a dancer to begin with. Mm -hmm. And by the time he co-starred as the villain in Laura, beautiful classic movie that every Hollywood fan knows, Laura, uh, that made him a star. And so by then he was middle-aged and very anxious to hold on to that stardom. And then he was also Mr. Belvedere in a series of Belvedere movies. And uh, he had never married, didn't hide behind a woman. His roommate was his mother, Maybelle. And when she finally died, she was very old. He was in his 70s when she died. And he carried on so loud and so long that his friend Noel Coward said, it must be tough being orphaned at 71. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But no, it, this is the thing. You, sometimes a man who is more... Someone, let's say a star who you wouldn't guess necessarily is gay, right. may flirt with another. Burr Reynolds, who was bisexual, he said on camera uh, about actors like Ryan O'Neill, the Marlboro Man, he said, they're so handsome I could be bisexual for them. And this was in the 70s. That was very brave of him to say. But because he was Burr Reynolds and many people would just say, Oh, he said that, but no, we know he's straight. Right. Well, no, he was bisexual. But the point is, on the other hand, you'll have the Liberacci's and Clifton Webbs, who even though most people would guess, uh, are that closeted, that paranoid. There was a big Hollywood party hosted by, I think her name was Jean Howard, who also would take photos at her parties of all the celebrities. Mm -hmm. And Richard Burton was at the party in the 50s, and he got very drunk, and he went around and kissed every guest, male or female, on the lips. Mm -hmm. And the the next day, uh, the photos were developed, and Clifton Webb had been at the party, he was the only celebrity who objected, and he demanded that those just wow. burn the negative. Whereas others, you know, whoever it might be, some heterosexual male star being kissed on the lips by Richard Burton in playful jest while he was drunk, yeah, didn't object. But Clifton Webb objected. Isn't that so funny? So that tells you a lot. There's yeah. this adorable picture. I know Humphrey Bogart was very good friends with Clifton Webb because he used to have parties every Sunday. So, oh, yeah. Uh, Bowie was there. He was sitting, he was drunk as a skunk and sitting on Clifton Webb's lap. And it was like the best picture I saw. And it was just adorable. But to see, you know, I guess a lot of people, I guess with him, when he did Laura, um, he was so 
much like the stereotypical gay dude, but people were confused. Was he in love with Laura? Did he want to possess Laura? And in the film he was. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I loved him in that. um, Oh, it was wonderful. He also flirted a lot with... um, Dana Andrews. Oh, Dana Andrews. Yeah, yes, and he said, hey, put up character. or shut up, he said, because yeah. Dana would flirt back, you know, he was, mm-hmm. and but, you know, he didn't want to have anything sexual to do with Clifton. No, just flirting. Yeah, course. just like, you know, if someone flirts with you, it's just whatever. Like, and in Hollywood, flirting is part of the way that they conduct their business. I mean, you can have two men flirting and both are heterosexual. Um, and of course, as Madonna said, something about I don't flirt with anyone from the garbage man to a grandmother. It's, it's part of like their charm. They like to turn on the charm and flirt and see the other person being impressed and flattered by their own right. flirting. Yeah. Just, you know, part of a game, not sex per se. I remember you also interviewed Paul Lind, and every oh, yeah. he was a very depressed mm-hmm. and unhappy man. What did you? Was yeah. he like that when you met him? Was he? Well, you know, when you interview someone, remember that they are still acting; they're playing a part. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul Lind was a confirmed alcoholic, and he would get very. Not just depressed, but very belligerent, and he was very anti-Jewish, which is funny, working in Hollywood. But he believed, and he said this to various friends, he said, uh, I'd have been a bigger star except for the Jews. Well, no, he would not. He was Paul Lind. He was a wonderful comedian, a supporting actor. Supporting like actor, Mar- yes. Yeah, and Margaret's father and Bye Bye Birdie, that sort of thing. Yes. And when they tried to put him in sitcoms as a married man with children, it didn't work. But he had that aspect of his personality. He grew up in Ohio. And um, when I, we went to lunch at a restaurant on Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. and he insisted practically that I have some wine because I, I don't like the taste of alcohol in general, other than maybe margaritas. But anyway, um, he insisted I have some white wine with the lunch, but he would not have a drop of any alcohol. And other people said later, he didn't. And I said, well, you can understand why he's performing. It's like, oh, I have nothing to do with alcohol. What? I mean, what would he do in front of me, have four drinks in a row and get tipsy? And, and then, then it would maybe in the interview, you see. I mean, I wouldn't probably put that in. But uh, Or with Salminio when I interviewed him. And he was into drugs, not heavy, heavy drugs. But one critic said, well, I knew Salminio, and he was very much into cocaine and so on. And there's no mention of it in the interview. Well, would there be? Would Sal Mignol bring it up to me and say, oh, and by the way, I'm really into cocaine. Oh, want to do a line with me? Here we go. Yeah. Right, exactly. So um, that's the thing. An interview is a performance to quite a degree. And uh, it's interesting how they react and don't react. Now, Liberace, speaking of him, in Hollywood Gaze, there is a chapter on him. He declined to be interviewed by me three times. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be interviewed because, you know, his private life. Um, he, he pretended in one of his books, he said his lo- he lost his virginity to an older woman named Miss B. Haven. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. He would, did you see the Michael right. Douglas, uh, Matt Damon performance? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Behind the yeah. Ca- candelabra. Oh, that was very, behind the candelabra. Very, and Michael Douglas did an excellent job. Yes, and yeah. I thought Matt Damon was also wonderful. Oh, he too, as the chauffeur, yeah. Yes. But – 
But the thing is, because uh, Liberace, at least he had the manners to call each time and decline doing an interview, and he called on the phone, and so I, I took notes, and I told him, is it okay if I just take notes, because you're so clever and witty sometimes? And I, I then regret a thing sometimes, because I heard the applause, <laughs> like him saying, what do you mean, sometimes? Anyway, so between the three phone calls that he made to me to decline being interviewed, then were very interesting and became... A chapter in Hollywood Gaze. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and he this never was came. After he died. Yeah, yeah Paul. Uh, Paul, Paul, never came Paul, out, did he? Oh no, no, that's just. I it, think you most know. of them never it, came out. No, because in those days, even for those who were the stereotype and made a living being a stereotype, Edward Everett Horton, Edward as Everett an Horton, example. Franklin Pangborn. Franklin oh, I loved. Pangborn. He never came out. Did he? He never, never married, though, right? No, no. That's the thing. Again, different levels. Not being a star, he didn't have to hide behind a woman. Right. But when, and remember that most supporting actors then and now don't get interviewed often, and in those days, not at all. Hard. Right. So, so when there was one interview. Interview that I ever saw with Franklin Pangborn, he had to talk about his girlfriend. Oh boy! Yeah, so because it was expected, there was so much homophobia then, and like in the forties, that uh, it had to be made clear that no, he's not like what he plays, even though he was a big deal. <laughs> really, you know, I'm reading something in your your new book. Um, and someone says, comedian Kay Ballard is well into her 80s and has never come out. Maybe at that age we shouldn't expect it. Well, she just died soon, uh, not that long ago. And a friend of mine who is a lesbian, I said, is Kay a lesbian? And she said, no. And she she knows lesbians, you know? (laughs) Well, you know, the thing is this. You can be, no, especially more for women than men. Men... It has to be said. Men get erections and they want satisfaction, so they will go out and do something usually. Right. But women can repress it much more. And you can have a woman who is lesbian today or 80 years ago and who has never had a sexual experience with anybody. That's huh. possible. And uh, so with Kay Ballard, she definitely was sapphic. Now, Didn't she get married? Didn't she? Wasn't no, she? no, never, huh? No, and you see, this is the thing, sometimes misinformation. Sandy Dennis never married, but in the press, they have her having married Jerry Mulligan, the jazz musician, who in fact was apparently the first lover of Johnny Mathis, who came out in 1982 in Us magazine. Good for Johnny. Good for Johnny is right, and he is, yeah. But again, Johnny Mathis was a singer. He never acted, so he didn't have to hide that way. But even so, he sang love songs, so what he did was very brave. And that's another thing you will find in Inside the Hollywood Closet is when it comes to black performers who are gay or bi or lesbian, because they're members of two minorities, and even more so if they're women, because although women are a majority, they unfortunately still have minority status in many ways, um, they're much more reticent about coming out than, say, um, a white gay person, celebrity. Yeah. Uh, you know, Earl Holloman, I, I'm reading this, uh, theater actor David Kravitz. He he was oh, yeah. gay. He never married. Yeah. He would walk around right. with his boyfriend. He mm-hmm. was it, he was one of the first um gay characters in a film noir. I mean, there was no doubt. He and his and his partner in this noir, they were yeah. sleeping in the same bed when the guy died. I mean, it was like a love scene over him. And it was so 
uh, I I was amazed when I saw it. I think it was in the 1950s, but I mean, mm-hmm. it was really. Well, it doesn't spell it the, out for you, but it shows you, and and you don't yes. think. And, Unless and, you're really and, naive, but I mean, it's well much in the fifties. Remember that in the fifties, people in general still were very naive, and you could have two men sleeping in a bed, and it wouldn't occur to most people, or certainly they wouldn't say it. Um, I wonder if anything's going on, because as Oscar Wilde once said, nothing looks so innocent as an indiscretion. Uh, you know, like let's say you have an actor and a priest, and let's say they're both gay, but to the public, it's, oh, here's this famous actor, and here's, oh, he's a priest. So there's no sex involved at all with the priest, you know, heterosexual or otherwise. But that's what happened, and this is inside the Hollywood closet. Elizabeth Taylor was trying to fix up her pal Montgomery Clift with, while she was married to Michael Wilding, who was bisexual, uh, with a gay priest who was going to come over that evening. And Monty The accident night, right? Yes. yes. Oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. And Montgomery Clift was tired from a full day at work on the set, and he grudgingly came over to please Elizabeth. And then when he left alone in his car, and by then he was drunk, and that horrible accident that cost him his beautiful face, and then the drugs and going off the box office charts and eventually his early death. So um, I didn't read that she dramatic. was trying to fix up. The uh, with yeah, him and the gay. Said, uh, the I priest. wanted to come over. She I said he's cool. Very... He swears. That's what right. I thought. And, yeah. and what she meant, because elsewhere it was said by someone who was at the party. Um, I don't recall. Kevin who, McCarthy. It could well be Kevin McCarthy, who was a pal of Monty Cliff, mm-hmm. who later said, "Oh, I never knew he was gay." Oh, please. Well, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. He maybe did. he was. A, Yeah, well, of course. I mean, how could he not? But he had a wife and he was trying to climb the ladder and he was not a star, star like Montgomery Cliff. He was, I think, best known for, what was it, uh, Invasion of the Body? He's wonderful in that. That's such a great movie. Oh, yeah, really. So, um, again, you know, so many contradictions and the drama of so many of these lives. I mean, often their lives are more dramatic than the movies they were in, like with Monty Cliff, of course. Yes, and um, I don't know. I'm lo- I'm looking at this. Suit. There was a thing that Robert Montgomery, Elizabeth Montgomery's father, said in your book, and he said, yeah. "Oh, maybe the supporting players were like that, right. but no, none of the big stars were like that. No, no. Now, he was right. such a conservative guy, and oh, Elizabeth very was so. very liberal. Was so pro gay. Yes. Oh, yeah. She and she and her co-star from Bewitched, uh, Dick Sargent, were the grand marshals of the yes, I remember uh, that West Hollywood Gay Parade. Yeah, mm-hmm. but where Whereas her father, again, from that era, I mean, he was a major star in the 1930s. Right. So his contention was that, no, only certain people like a Franklin Pangborn would right. be gay, but no stars. And once on a, a TV talk show, it might have been Joe Franklin, Mickey Rooney was on, who was married eight times. And uh, the host said, what about gay stars during, you know, when you were a big star? And so there were no big, there were no major gay stars. And then uh, the host said, what about Cary Grant? And Mickey Rooney said, well, he's as gay as my left foot. And then another guest at the same time seated on the couch next to Mickey Rooney was Gloria DeHaven, who had been at MGM. And she said, Mickey, I didn't know your left foot was gay. (laughs) (laughs) So nothing to do with the movie My Left Foot. Right. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think so. So it's so funny. (laughs) And you see these people, um, you know, Betsy Drake, they had a thing, 
She was married to Cary Grant for 10 years. Mm -hmm. She was another one who said, yeah, they asked me if he's gay. And I said, well, if he's gay, we sure effed a lot. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. that's what she said. And I believe her. It's possible, but remember that in the old days, much more than now, people thought they were doing a favor to somebody by denying that they were gay. Why would she stay? I I don't know. I think they had some sort of relationship. It oh yeah, it could well be. You never know. You see, it's like with Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. They may or they may not have been lovers at the beginning. I think they but were. The thing- yeah, they could well have been, but what it became was sort of like a mother and her a drunken son type right. of thing. Her her father was a doctor, and she liked playing the nursemaid, and she was a nursemaid, really, to Spencer Tracy, would get him out of alcoholic scrapes and tell him, no, you've had enough to drink. Another thing is that he drank so much that it became well known that he was impotent eventually. Yes. And, of course, they may have loved each other like brother and sister, but um, you have to remember that this all started for her when she was getting to be middle-aged. And although she had been married very early on, which was not much publicized for some reason, mm-hmm. uh, when an actress gets to middle age to remain box office and to retain public appeal, she still has to have some heterosexual cachet or credentials. And you will see this with Catherine Hepburn. There's also a black actress who I won't name, who has a funny made-up name, uh, who early in her career was saying, well, maybe I've had affairs with women, but that's none of your business. But as she got older, then she tried to, you know, pretend more about boyfriends, even though she's basically lesbian. Yeah. So, and, and that's when then Catherine Hepburn was, they were sort of bearding each other, although he was bisexual. He certainly had uh, heterosexual affairs. Yes. But again, he was like the worst alcoholic in Hollywood. Well, he, he was gross. Destroy, yeah. He yeah, and gross. he once destroyed a set that was worth about $10,000, and he got away with it. Two reasons. He was a big star, and he was a man. Had a woman done that, they would have probably drummed her out of the business. I'm sure. Unless she were the top box office personality. But yeah. 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 Well, they, I read um, that book, Catherine, and they said that she kind of, you know, when this was made and she just made this huge love story with her and Spencer. She did nurse him. She she wasn't oh, definitely. she definitely did the last like, 6 years of his life. She was not working. He lived yeah. on George Cukor's property. That's it. And yeah. I wanted to ask you, did you read Scotty Bauer's book? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, me too. Full service. <laughs> and do you believe did you ever you never met him, right? No, I did not. Yeah. I would have loved to. I, I was to supposed to, but I was in Australia, and mm. uh, and then he died, yeah, in his 90s. Yeah. Yes, and still yeah. saying he was going strong. <laughs> yes, he, it was a real but I heard about him over the decades, definitely. Oh, you did? Yeah. So you knew about oh. him. So you believe his yeah. book. I, I would say that definitely most of the one I could hardly believe, only because to me it is so repugnant, is the part about... Tyrone Power and Charles Lawton, how shall I say this, being into defecation. Right. What do they that, call oof. that? I mean, to me, Scat. I can't even conceive. To be gross. Yes. <laughs> right. That. But otherwise, yeah, the other, the one that surprised me was Walter Pidgeon. I mean, he came across, I never even thought of him as gay or I heterosexual. I did. I thought that he might be bi. 
Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And you see different people's perceptions. It's very interesting. You can look at the same, well, like Rashomon, the same subject, different points of view. Yeah. But no, he was known to, um, you know, to be a, basically a pimp for the stars. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, like in early Hollywood, um, Greta, you know, they had that thing with um, John Gilbert. John Gilbert, yeah. And then after that, she didn't have any romances with no, men. and even then, now she may well have had the affair with John Gilbert, but remember, MGM was using it full blast publicity because they start together again. And uh, so, and he did propose to her. And no, she never married Greta Garbo. She definitely was basically lesbian. But yes. remember that... When you are gay or lesbian, I assume, uh, and you're younger, and you may be because of all the prejudice in society, you think, well, I'll try the opposite sex and see, and maybe I can become that way, or at least see if I like it. So you may experiment uh, once or twice or more than that, depending how desperate you are, and also the religious background can be a part of it, because unfortunately religion is so often used as a weapon against anyone being different. Um, So it may be that Greta Garbo had various or at least few heterosexual affairs before finally saying, eh, that's not my thing. Well, even Ellen DeGeneres, and she's quoted inside the Hollywood Closet, she said something about her one apparently heterosexual experience. Is that all there is? <laughs> <laughs> and for her, it was nothing special. Well, just like look at all the hetero men who, of course, as teenagers say, experiment, and uh, maybe they enjoy it or enjoy some aspect of it. Right. But but they're much more turned on by females because that's their inherent natural thing. Right. Just as the other is for gay men. And then as for the bisexuals, well, maybe they just have a wider spectrum of what they like or what they're not uh, afraid to try. Because a lot of people are afraid to try it. There have been, like Tennessee Williams admitted, he never had sex with another man until he was almost 30. He was afraid to try it. And then there was a British actor, I'm not sure if he's quoted inside the Hollywood closet, and he's a heterosexual actor, and he had the, the guts to say when he was going to do a gay love scene on film... He was nervous of doing it because he either would do it wrong and uh, it would come out like, oh, I don't like this, or he might like it so much he'd want to do it again. Hmm. And he was honest enough to say that. Well, (laughs) we see, you know, with like Richard Burton, he admitted, he said, yes, I tried being gay once, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't for me. And Elizabeth felt that he, he... felt tremendous guilt and conflict yeah. about it because he would mention it when he drank. And, yeah. and and even in People magazine, he said that uh, about his, oh, well, his name was Phil uh, Robert, I'm sorry, Richard Jenkins. Right. And he took Burton from this older schoolmaster that he moved in with. But when he became a star, he pretended, and it was in his official bio, that they'd moved in together when he was a child. So it was more like an asexual thing. Right. But in fact, Burton had chosen to go live with him as a teenager. And whether they were lovers or not, who knows, or to what extent. But Philip Burton definitely was gay. And he went from being Richard Jenkins to Richard Burton. Yes. And they remained friends for life because after Richard Burton died prematurely with all the alcoholism and so on, uh, Philip Jenkins outlived him. 
Wow. And then he was in the will. He was in Richard Burton's will. And and Elizabeth was cool with all this. She wanted Richard not to feel guilty about exactly. it because she'd had yeah. so much Yeah, she'd had so much experience of gay men, including her father was gay for Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. That's what I yeah, thought. Francis. Yeah. I'm reading this one for your Hollywood gaze. Grayson Hall mm-hmm. received a supporting Oscar nomination. I love her. She was on Dark Shadows as mm-hmm. um, yeah, but uh, she was fellows. wonderful. She was yeah. not, but she was not out as a lesbian. And and no. she, mm-hmm. as Richard uh, Burton said in the film, mm-hmm. "Don't do it, Maxine." She she probably doesn't even realize it. Um, mm-hmm. The script, not by Tennessee Williams, but from his no. play, displayed lesbophobia. There's a term. Miss Hall was nominated was nominated partly for her courage in taking a role so long ago, and she was married and had a son. So, had she been single, she had might not have been given that nomination. Right. Actress Mary Grace Canfield, Ralph the Plumber on Green Acres. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. And she denied being gay, uh, Mary Grace Canfield, because she came to live in Santa Barbara. I grew up partly in Santa yes. Barbara, and uh, and she played Ralph the Plumber, not Alf. And, uh, yeah, and she very much disliked that uh, she was assumed by people to be gay. Now, whether she was or wasn't, I don't know, because remember, in those days, she would say that anyway. That's the thing. And the thing about Grayson Hall, who's best known for Dark Shadows, more so really than Night of the Iguana, is that uh, was she gay? I've been asked that. I do not know. She did have a husband. She did have a son. Right. I don't know. Yes or no. But what is true is that the mere fact in the early 60s that an actress would take a role as a lesbian, which in those days that was like a horror movie word, uh, was uh, enough to, and although she did do a very good job, um, it was enough to get her nominated in the supporting category. Well, yeah, they did have like these little lesbian things like in women's prison movies and things like that. Or the the ladies are talking about, you know, they had one, this one likes to wrestle. (laughs) Whatever. Exactly. Smoking cigars. These clues, yes. But, you know, even even in a great movie like Cage set in a woman's prison, the really butch uh, prison matron who's so horrible, that big, huge one, she's like six feet something. Oh, I loved her. And she was also in um, Adam's, Adam's, I can't think of her name. Yeah. And she was like a pussycat in real life. Yes, very nice person. But in the movie, even her character has to make some reference to her boyfriend. My boyfriend. I'm going to my Always. boyfriend's tonight. He's coming you to know, pick part me of it- up. Exactly. Right. And and she's wearing this ridiculous flower dress and the hat, those hats that women all had to wear. Um, But the thing is this, it boils down to society not being confident enough in its heterosexuality. In other words, you don't have to drum in heterosexuality 24 hours a day. If someone is heterosexual, that's what they are. It's what they will remain. They may or may not experiment. They might be occasionally bisexual. But it's as though in the movies and the media, media, they're so afraid that children will pick. Well, you don't pick is the thing. And if you are hetero, uh, you know, hetero men, I mean, I've seen heterosexual men in their 80s who are still 
drooling over females, I mean, they still always have that desire for them. It's there. Just And the same with gay men. <laughs> they can be in their 80s and look at that cute guy and so on. Uh, it's just inherent. It's not something you can program or propaganda. I know. And that's something that I think has come out. And, but some people still don't believe it. And believe it or not, right. they still have those deep programming things for oh, it's gay well, children. It's, a, it's yeah. very interesting. And it is the whole topic, really. And diversity. You talk about diversity, and usually the media means racial only. But and, and look at nature. Look at flowers. Different colors, different forms. And right. Life itself. Life on the sea. Life on Earth itself. Um, nature is nothing if not diverse. And there's a nice quote from Sophia Loren in Inside the I Hollywood like Closet that that, yeah. that, that uh, if you have a gay child. They are your child, and that if you expect them to be just like you, that's like fascism. Uh, you know, that the father who will disown the gay son, because not just that, but he also maybe is too liberal for the father, or he doesn't at least uh, agree to hide behind a wife kind of thing, which you have in much of the third world today still. Very much so. For example, even in Japan, a few decades ago, the thing was the parents would say to the son, and they don't have many children there, as you know, unlike, say, Italy, maybe, and they would say, well, okay, you're gay, but just keep it quiet and do marry, and just don't say anything about it, but just marry a woman, because we don't want it known, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's very much a part of third world societies. It's very sad, and some are still yeah. persecuted. Let's oh, face in the it. Middle they East, go to jail. absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. go to jail, whatever they. It's just a horror. And not just that, but yeah, and then you'll have American evangelists who will go to, for example, black countries in Africa or the Caribbean and preach virulently anti-gay people, which increases statistically the anti-gay violence and even murders of gay people. That's going on in Uganda and Jamaica and so on. I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, because I travel a lot. I, I speak five languages and I've been to over six. To me, this coronavirus, the worst thing is what I miss most, libraries and travel in other countries. Yeah, so many people I know. Yeah, yeah they, they really. tell me that, that they so miss. I was supposed to come to California and spend a couple months this year. Yeah. I so wanted to do it, but I can't. It ain't going to happen. It's difficult, but at least it's possible where it's going to another country. You can't get in. Birthday. We're like, no. uh, yeah. But, yeah, we can't go out. I was supposed to have my birthday in Dubrovnik in Croatia. And oh, I had cool. one of my books, one of them, Hollywood Babylon, as opposed to the famous Hollywood Babylon, was published also in Croatian, but couldn't go there. So I'm hoping by next May uh, that I can maybe go to the Dead Sea in Israel for uh, my birthday. But who knows? I mean, this virus... It's taking a while. It is because they don't yeah. know everything about it. I think this winter. No, and will we're all be, waiting for the vaccine. Right, yeah. this winter will tell us a lot. Yeah, it'll more. tell a lot. Yes. Yes. But you know, when you look at how brief it's been, uh, just about seven months or less, a lot of progress has been made. And you compare that to AIDS and how it took decades before, of course, there's no vaccine. But in other words, in those days, if you became HIV positive, you would be, get AIDS and you would die and it would be an awful kind of death. Ugh. Today, if you're pronounced HIV positive, you will live another 30 years. Easily. Usually with the right medication. Yes, I yeah. know people who have lived quite a long time. Oh, yes, 30 um, years plus. When they take the, 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 the test, they are... 
free of the virus, but mm-hmm. they still take it. So it's amazing what can it be is. done, and yes. hopefully soon that will be done. And both. Yes, right. This mm-hmm. has been quite a delight. <laughs> I can't tell yeah. you. Likewise. Wonderful questions and topics. Yes, and it's good for us to talk about these things, and, and yes. I know the audience will love it. And Ooh, I want to say... His newest book is Inside the Hollywood Closet, a book of quotes by Bose Hadley. And I will link you to his website. I will link you to his Amazon.com page, and you can see all his wonderful books and the ones where because he talks. Because I don't have a website, actually. Oh, right? you don't? Okay, no. so I'm going to no. link you right to his Amazon.com well, well, because, you know, page. One is so busy with, you know, writing right. and then also travel and charity work of and course. so on. Uh, whereas nowadays, you know, I know writers who spend all their non-writing time with publicity and websites. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a choice, you know, everyone. So, but, but no, no I don't but know not everybody website. does that. So a lot of my guys right. who come on, a lot of my guys are women who come on uh, or authors right. don't have it. And I just... Yeah. Take them to the to the Amazon your Amazon sure. page, and you have all or your, your local books bookstore there. if it's open. Yeah, a lot of them aren't. So I'm gonna yes. take it right there, and you will love Bose's books like I do. And I'm going to reread some more because I. <laughs> Am. <laughs> called it. And, and you know, one <laughs> other thing also, people don't always have to buy a book if it's an e-book, like Inside the Hollywood Closet is primarily an e-book, uh, your local library. If they don't have it, request it. But if they have it, you can just read it online. Uh, yes, they have li- They have the libraries online. If you have your library card, etc., yeah. you can get mm-hmm. the book. So, um, But I, I want to link you because I want everybody to see all the great books you've written. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> and I am so thrilled to talk to you. And I know you're writing another book, and I hope you come on to discuss that one, too. I love you, Bose. I really would love you well, to come well, back on. Thank you. One, one writes books for people like you, too, because uh, y- you enjoy them. So, of course, we all learn from it, as I learn in the research. Right. And, and I, gr- I grew up loving research because, as I say, my father was a professor. It's and fun. history, you know. And history. History it's is fascinating. human beings. I love it. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. All sorts of history. Yes. Yes. So you will love Bose because he does tons of history and inside the Hollywood closet, a book of quotes. And it has a lot of newer people, not, not, and some classic Hollywood, but they're mixed. And you will enjoy it very much as I did. And you will find it very interesting and enlightening, I hope. And so, Bose. Once again, I say thanks a zillion. I am so glad you've been on the show. I enjoyed you. Oh, it's you. been great. And you will come on again, right? Yes, definitely. Yes. Great. And and to everybody, stay well. Please wear a mask. Yes. It's not emasculating, haha, but true. <laughs> to wear a mask. You know, I was in New York. I got the virus. I was there, and I will never forget. March and April and May were all I heard were sirens. It was a ghost town and it was horrible. And I had a friend, dear friend, die of it. And, you know, it's true. It's real. We don't, you know, so hopefully let's come up with something that we can all just move on with our lives. But in the meantime, be very safe and be very careful. And not to get depressed about it. Times are tough, but so are we. Amen. We will be fine. We will survive. Yes. Yes. 
Okay. Love you, Bose. Thank you so much. Thank you, Grace. Love you, too. Take care. And thank you, you everybody, for listening. I'm so happy you're here. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Listen to the stories of Tim Salt.